Does your website welcome all visitors? In today's conversation with Simon Ephraimson, our web guide, we focus on ADA compliance and how you can start creating a more welcoming environment for people with all sorts of abilities. Okay, here's the show. Welcome to More Than A Few Words, Marketing Conversation for Business Owners. MTFW is part of the Digital Toolbox from Roundpeg, and this is your host, Lorraine Ball. And today, I'm sitting with Simon Ephraimson. Simon is our web guy, and we have several people on our web team, but Simon really focuses a lot on some of the more technical issues of web design. Simon, welcome to the show. Great to be back, Lorraine. Thanks for having me. It is always good because I always learn so much when you drop in. And today, what I really want to talk about is this whole issue of ADA compliance. We're seeing a lot of trends in buildings where people are modifying the physical structures to make their environments more welcoming, but we're also seeing a trend in web design. Right. You're familiar with the braille on signs and those uh, blue-rimmed parking spots in traditional physical brick and mortars. But now we're seeing, as the web world continues to grow, that able-bodied people aren't the only ones using the internet. And those of us who can, we kind of need to make up for some of the things that differently abled people aren't able to do. You know, I was on the board of the Indiana School for the Blind for a short period of time, and I was absolutely fascinated because the webmaster was someone who was actually legally blind. That's incredible. And I was absolutely knocked out that he could do that. And he, he did have limited vision, but he really gave me this perspective on what it's like to experience a website when you can't see it. Sure, and if anything, that's indicative of the ability for disabled people to use just the internet, generally speaking, and the tools that are available for people uh, such as myself who are hard of hearing so that we can uh, enjoy kind of the same experience as a non-disabled person. Absolutely. So as a business is thinking about this, you know, you hear a lot about ADA compliant websites. Sure. But what does that kind of mean? Yeah, so ADA compliance looks a little bit different than it does in the physical world. Where this gets a little bit tricky is that there are no set standards of compliance for ADA on the web. This doesn't mean that you can't be handed down a ruling for non-compliance. The best thing that you can do is kind of look at other websites and see what they're doing as goodwill gestures to help out disabled people. So when you start thinking about improving your website. There are some simple things that you can do in terms of just how you name things, looking at pictures, putting titles on pictures, paying attention to some of the colors that you choose. What else are some of those just simple things that you can do to make websites more friendly? Yeah, I mean, just kind of think about what people are able to access and are not able to access. For instance, if you have a podcast, perhaps including a transcript, or even with a video, a transcript of the video, People use tools that read HTML when they're browsing the site, so ensuring that you have a good schema markup can also help. I'm going to say just a very non-technical thing. Think about what you name your pictures. Somebody who is visually impaired, who is scrolling through your website, when they roll over a picture, the software that they're using is actually going to say, There's a picture here, and it's going to read whatever the title is. 
Imagine scrolling through a page that has 10 pictures. There's some corresponding copy and it says JPEG 1, JPEG 2, JPEG 3. And think about how that's going to impact someone who's really trying to appreciate the story that you're telling and how much better it can be if it says gorilla with a banana, monkey pretending to read a book. And suddenly the pictures come alive for everyone. Right. And it's already frustrating enough being a disabled person, not enjoying that experience. And as a business owner, not conveying that part of your brand is really huge. As you're thinking about this and you're trying to figure out what else you can do to cover your bases, is there anything else that you should think about to build into the planning of your website so that you don't get all the way to the end and go, oops. Not everyone needs to be ADA compliant, although, as mentioned, it's a goodwill gesture kind of thing, and it looks good on the part of your business if you are uh, setting these standards and uh, making the effort for accessibility. Businesses with about 15 plus active employees need to have these standards in place. And if you're worried about this, you can always consult a disability lawyer. They'll have the best idea of what you can do to kind of maintain that standard of accessibility. And you know, it's funny because that 15 number, that's a dividing line for a lot of legislative issues. Your human resource management changes at 15 employees. Getting to a size where you need to be thinking about creating a welcoming environment across the board and certainly extending that into your website makes sense. If you choose to completely ignore this right now, you have an older website, you haven't updated, you should call us to update it. But if you have that older website, how much at risk are you? So again, it depends on uh, what kind of business you're operating. Uh, but even still, the chances of you being picked from the pile and fined are not that high. But the fines can be as large as $50,000, so that's that's nothing to laugh at. If you see yourself in a position where you may be scrutinized, it's a good idea to kind of cover your bases. Absolutely. Simon, this is really good information. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure, Lorraine. Thanks for having me on. If you have enjoyed Simon's conversation about ADA compliance and you're interested in some of the other things that he writes about and explores, be sure to look for his blog posts on roundpeg.biz. And look for more than a few words wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like the episode, listen to another one. They're short. Share it with a friend. Post a review on iTunes. This has been another episode of More Than A Few Words. Thanks for listening.